as part of UCF, all of us here get that opportunity to be able to leave your mark. And if we do it well and we do it together, we're going to really transform our community to where it could be, to be more inclusive and more accessible. And I think that UCF is just so well positioned to be able to have that continued growth and its impact that I'm really excited to be here and be a part of it. I got to sit down and talk with the founder and president of Limitless Solutions and three-time UCF graduate, Albert Monero. Albert started Limitless Solutions while earning his graduate degree at UCF with the passion and determination to serve kids with limb differences in an affordable and innovative way. In this episode, we get to learn what ignited Albert's passion to start Limitless, where it's at now, and how his team continues to push the needle forward. So I want to ask you, how did you come up with the idea for Limitless Solutions? Limitless really started because of an interview that was on the radio and I was late coming to campus back in 2013. And the gentleman who was talking on the radio was developing the very first 3D printed mechanical hands between Washington State and South Africa. And they were emailing the files back and forth around the world to be able to improve upon that, to be able to help someone with limb difference. And I heard that and it really moved me. I was a graduate researcher at the time. I came into the lab and said, I really want to be a part of this and who can help me. You're a three-time UCF alum with a doctorate in mechanical engineering. What does it mean for you to have limitless solutions here at UCF? I came to UCF in 2007 and started my undergrad and it has been such an incredible experience here. And I'm really thrilled that Limitless could be here based right at UCF and to kind of still be in that whole culture. For us as a team to be from UCF and now working with great UCF students to be developing this kind of interdisciplinary research environment, I don't know if we could have done that anywhere else. UCF has all of those puzzle pieces from the game designers that we work with, the fine arts, digital arts, the engineering, biomedical. And in our facility, we have to bring all of those different majors into the room and then kind of shake everyone up and wait to see something great comes out of it. That's awesome. I recently heard you say in a video that you said, technology infused with compassion could change the world. Can you tell me about that? We really try to emphasize the empathy and design and being able to put yourself into the mindset of the user that would be using the technology you're developing, whether that's a mobile app, a piece of prosthetic equipment, or any type of art design. And for our team, we really stress like trying to have that empathy. And I think that that's a piece that's often missed in the design world and in the engineering world, where sometimes it can be cold or you can miss the end users perspective. And it's something that we really try to challenge all of our students and our staff to really think about. It's so important when you're working in such a human field to keep this empathy and this end goal in mind that it's not just for this. I mean, yes, there's the project at hand, but it's going for this greater good. And if you can strive to have that perspective, not just every so often, but really that's an everyday challenge to be able to drive your design, to be able to drive your creativity over the long run, it really produces the most incredible results. When you keep empathy and humanity at the forefront, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That's awesome. So Limitless offers internships in multiple disciplines. Could you describe how Limitless stretches over such various areas? We started out as a group of engineers from the College of Engineering and Computer Science, and then we paired up with some faculty from the School of Visual Arts and Design and, and Arts and Humanities, and then in the Nicholson School for the game design aspect inside of College of Sciences. 
And that was kind of where we had our jumping off point to be able to start to bring in these different types of creativity. And now our program has extended to nine different colleges at UCF of students wow. all working together and about five affiliated faculty. And that has really changed the, the structure of the program. So our student internship program runs every semester and we're really excited to see students from all over the university, all majors be able to apply. And then hopefully we'll be able to find a way to use that creativity in a way that can really forward the limb difference community. That's terrific. You have UCF right here, which is such a diverse and so many amazing members of, you know, faculty, staff, and students to draw from. I imagine there's no shortage of great applicants. It's been incredible. And we were able to work with experiential learning to be able to help structure our, our program. And now students can come in from all over campus. And I don't know many universities that have that type of program where you'll have a fine artist next to an engineer working with a computer scientist, working with a game designer, all at the same table for the same goal. And I think that that brings a new experience, especially when these students graduate and then they go into industry, that they're so well prepared for what's on the other side because they've had to experience that, that real life feel or the real life industry feel. There are so few options of what you offer to students in an internship role to be able to work with something like Limitless Solutions. Not many students are able to put that sort of thing on their resume or their LinkedIn or be able to share that what they did contributed to such a greater good or to work for a company that had, like you said, such empathy and compassion in mind with this end goal. Seeing the growth that the students have in the program has just been so wonderful to be a part of. They get to work directly with faculty who are sometimes in different colleges than their own experience. And that provides a lot of those different perspectives. But when you talk about looking towards their career goals, having those internship or undergraduate research experiences early can just unlock so many different doors. And that's one of our goals is to be able to provide that launch point for so many of our students. The story behind Limitless and the stories that it shares are so familiar and you can share what Limitless has done and maybe down the line, future employers could say, oh my God, I'm familiar with that company. That's amazing what they've done down there and across America and across the world. Just thinking about the outreach that Limitless has, I, I love it. It's so cool to think about. Oh, well, thank you. We were really excited for the students when they graduate to be able to take that empathy and design and that ability to work with people from different backgrounds or perspectives than their own, and then take that into industry. And hopefully we'll see that ripple effect down the road. Right. There's not many companies that work with, uh, well, there's not a huge handful that work with empathy in the forefront and humanity on it. That's a trait that's hard to teach in the working world. So to get it in an internship that's so focused on keeping that at the forefront is really such a cool thing. Limitless is in the clinical trials for Limitless Bionics. Can you tell me about that process and the importance of the clinical trials? We launched our first clinical trial in 2018, and it has been such an experience to be able to watch something go from like the design stage or at a kitchen table, really, and then translate that years later into the medical environment. And with our bionics, as we strive to eventually have FDA clearance for the device, going through the clinical research was really critical to be able to validate the design, to be able to make improvements, and to be able to learn how the users are actually using the device in the real world. And playground testing is a little bit different than what you can replicate in a laboratory. That has taught us so much about how we build the arms, the intentionality behind each design decision, 
And coming up in the new year, we're going to be working with Orlando Health for our second bionic arm clinical trial right here locally. And we are so thrilled to have kind of our hometown champion hospital being able to help move this work forward as we strive for those big goals. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. What does it mean to you to be such an integral part and such a, a cherished gem in the Orlando community? I think that for our program, we've really focused on that team perspective because it, when you're, when you're taking on goals or challenges that are so large, like in this case, accessibility technology and across the university, we have, you know, the challenges for space, the challenges for the climate and the environment, those challenges are getting so large that you cannot solve them with only one perspective or only one department working together. You have to be able to expand that out to bring in such a diverse group of people to try to solve those problems. Mm -hmm. And I think that at Limitless, we've been able to watch the program grow around that model and now hopefully aiming for even bigger things that no one could have done independently. And I am so grateful to be a part of the program and to be able to work with the most incredible team and group of students. So when you began working with Limitless in your years that you've been working there, have you seen the people you work with grow? And in these moments where such beautifully human things have happened, have you seen that these people have changed and now they, they maybe have this new perspective on the work that they do? We laugh that our team is growing up just like our bionic kids are growing up. If you look at it from like how the program has grown, we're in year seven now. So we're finally starting to hit that point where we're, we're a little bit more comfortable in the design work. We're a little bit more comfortable and like where we know where we're going. But at that same point, there's so many areas that we're trying to grow and refine year after year. For our team members, we all started here at UCF and it's really exciting to watch like alumni be passionate about this type of thing and then stay on board for being able to move the program forward and be able to really engage with our community partners and, and the limb difference community. But we've all seen from the early days to now and watching that professional development. And it's something that our staff really strives for is we talk a lot about what are you reading? What's the audiobook of choice right now to try to grow those professional skills and to be able to become better leaders, better designers, and ultimately have a bigger impact. I imagine the company would have less like you said, less of an impact. It was just this cold, uncaring, distant way of business, but it's not. I think as we try to infuse that compassion and empathy into every area of the program, it does make you step back and have to approach situations differently. And as a leader, each of us are trying to learn how to do that most effectively. And that's a growing process. So there are certainly growing pains, but it's all in the pursuit of that excellence for the overall mission. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to grow through that. Mm. You said in the leadership for this, do you find it sometimes hard to juggle being a leadership of such a, an important and personal company, but also trying to balance that human empathy and that connection element? When I started at UCF, I was all in on aerospace engineering and, and that's what I did my degree work in my research work in for my PhD. And so there are certain skill sets that you might've picked up from a different major, like UCF's nonprofit management degree mm -hmm. that I would have loved to have learned, but this was the perspective at the time and the trajectory was totally different. And so I feel like on a daily basis, I'm learning how to do the job and trying to do it well, but 
That means being able to listen from others' experience and being able to take as much information and, and be able to work through it as quickly as possible in order to do it well. And we laugh that from the engineering perspective, like the machines never get upset when you're working on like developing a new tool. The people side, whether that's the being able to be a leader or working in a more clinical environment, that's a totally different perspective, different vocabulary. And those are the things that at first were a little bit of that, that academic culture shock, but now we're starting to hit our stride and, and trying to develop that shared language and shared perspectives. And I think that that type of growth is so rewarding as you kind of like grow through it. Coming from Orlando, myself, even before I was a UCF student or was super familiar with the uh, UCF community, I'd heard stories about Limitless, knowing what it had done for people and having seen the, the amazing videos that have come out of Limitless. And to be aware that UCF, even before I was a student there and now as a student, was doing such amazing things in the community is just such a, it's so refreshing. On all the amazing videos that Limitless has, comments are all, you know, this is so kind. I saw one person say, it's like a good reminder of faith in humanity. Do you see the sort of comments and we think about that and does that keep your work active and alive for you? For us, the moment that we get really excited by is when the child realizes that they're taking the arm home. And there's always this like little look where they look to their parents to make sure it's real. And then they get this beaming smile. And when you watch that and you watch the family interactions, that makes all the rest of the development and the business part and the research part all worth it. And it is a rare opportunity to be able to see something from a research lab directly connect with your community in here in central Florida. That's a gift. You don't always get that immediate feedback. And I think that for Limitless, being able to work directly with our community and see that translation has been the most rewarding part of the whole program. Hmm. Well, Central Florida, Orlando is such a, such a vast area and there's so many people and so many experiences. And I can imagine that the hours that you spend working tirelessly, trying to get the designs right and the, the elements. And of course, personally, I know engineering, I'm a theater major, so this is a little out of my wheelhouse. So thank you for having it in your wheelhouse. But I can imagine that all those hours you spend working and making sure that all the angles are right and the sizes and all that, I can think that sometimes maybe you can get hung up on something and it can be easy to forget the end goal there. But once you have it in your hands, as we have here, once you physically hold the tangible product, is there just this sigh of relief? Okay, we got it. I think over the last 18 months, our whole world has been kind of battling this that isolation that comes with virtual work and being able to reintegrate now back on campus with being back in the office. And it was easy, I think, when we were all so isolated to miss those connection points and being able to run after goals together beyond just like the Zoom window. And I know we all spent days where it was only Zoom. And I think that we have an opportunity now to leverage what we learned from that time at efficiency that we were able to get from some of the virtual work and now pair it back with that camaraderie and that shared experience and ultimately we'll come out stronger. We've all faced that. And in our lab, that was something that we've been really talking about of how do you take those next steps to continue to further the design, the creativity, and not lose the best of what you've been learning from the different styles of connecting, but being able to use it to run further. How cool. 
you say with the different styles of connecting, and we spoke a little second ago about how you have students coming in from nine different colleges, you said, when you're looking at designs and the ways to make the arms look, do you ever reach out to, when you go, you go over to the fine art students and you say, do you think this design looks good? Does this look, does this look nice? Is this aesthetically pleasing? Does that ever come up? The arm designers come from a lot of different backgrounds in our program. And we start with a sketchbook mock-up of what we think it's going to look or take a theme. So in this case, one of the arms we were looking at dragons and mermaid scales and how we can. I love it. I love it already. How do we weave in that creativity and then how do you manufacture that? So what are the techniques to be able to make that come to life on a piece of plastic? And when you get the moment where that aesthetic jumps off the page and then ultimately has to it jumps through the plastic to look like it's more than just a prosthetic. I think that's the moment where the students are so proud of their design and watching it go with the pencil and paper all the way through the manufacturing process. Well, UCF has yourself some of the greatest engineers and has some of the greatest fine art students. And it's just so cool, like you said, to have such a rare overlap of the two. Well, maybe not a rare, maybe rare is the wrong word, but a such a special overlap of the two to make such amazing work. And I think that can only come out of a place like UCF. I love that. You're very true. UCF is such a special place with such specially talented people. So I've also heard some amazing things about how the bionic arms you create also allow kids to play video games, learning the mechanics of their new arms. Can you talk about this and some of the other innovative work that Limulus does? Early on, we learned that for children using the bionic arm for the first time, Mm. there's a learning curve. And we went to the School of Visual Arts and Design and then Nicholson School to be able to talk to their faculty about the training aspects and the arm design aesthetic side. And one of the things that came out of that was working with multiple faculty to be able to develop a video game training system. And so Professor Dombrowski and Professor Smith have worked to, from your phone, be able to connect with the same technology that our staff is working with the bionic arms be able to pair that sensor to when you flex your muscles, like the character in the game will do different things. And in the App Store or the Play Store, you can search for Limitless Solutions and you can play the games just by tapping the screen with your finger. Or if you have that special controller, it unlocks that other gesture control. And when you hide the learning or the repetitive learning inside of a video game, it's kind of like sneaking in the vegetables for kids. And it has produced such a better response in our opinion as opposed to just putting on a prosthetic arm and you have a room full of people watching you learn how to use it and you're you may struggle the first time picking up the rubber duck or whatever is on the table it's usually rubber ducks at limitless and as you are practicing that if you feel all those eyes on you it can be really overwhelming so really trying to emphasize having a low stress environment to learn and then being able to use the art to really add to that experience and that's where the team from SVAD and from College of Sciences has really been able to bring perspective that we would never have had. More overlap with the various amazing people at UCF, you're saying? Absolutely. So how does it feel for yourself when you see people expressing their passion and their interests through the arms that you've built, specifically the the Iron Man experience, working with Robert Downey Jr. there, to see somebody using uh, one of the arms that you've created to express how passionate they were for the Iron Man brand. I think for all of our children, they get to work with 
our team to do the design work and the artistic covers of the arm, they're all interchangeable kind of on a magnetic locking system. And that means that they get to change the design of their arm from whatever they put on in the morning to any time during the day, they can, they can go from like real extremes of what that expression is. And what we were able to take away from the, the children's perspective and how their parents would talk about the arm, we really learned that it was, it was so much more than just picking things up. It was about that creativity and that expression and being able to reframe the conversation from what happened to you to how did you get that bionic arm? How does it work? That's so cool. And that's when we learned how the prosthetic could be more than just the functionality. It can really become a part of the identity. And as that identity for the child grows, it can grow up with them and evolve. I love what you just said about the changing the conversation and the identity. You know, on a more serious note, I can imagine a lot of young people dealing with these um, situations growing up. They can be seen as it can become their whole identity and in a demeaning way. Young children are, can be quite, can be quite honest and brutal at times. I don't know if you've noticed, but so to, to reframe the conversation, like you said, is so special in it. Doing it at such a young age can really impact these children for such a long time, I believe. There's a lot of stigma around perceived disabilities or accessibility needs, especially in the classroom early on in elementary and middle school. And I think that the arm has been able to find a way to challenge those conversations and to reframe them in a way that makes it more about that personalization and that identity piece and less about ever trying to fill in a gap. And we really believe all the kids we work with, they're, they're perfect the way they are without any accessibility technology. This is really just a tool and it's an opportunity or a platform for them to be able to express themselves in a way that, that can transcend what we think normal prosthetics or the, the human component of your organic limbs would be. And we've watched some of the kids walk with their, and we're partnered with the, the Halo video game franchise, and they're walking on the playground with Master Chief arms, armor. And I think that that's when you really get to see how much different it can be. Do you foresee a day when sort of this, maybe a, a stigma about having a prosthetic arm is just none when it's just, it is. There is no second glance, there's no hesitancy because it's so widespread and commonplace among individuals who need it that there's just no second glance about it. We're really pushing so that it, there's access to any type of technology and a choice of types of technology that people can pick from and I think that will make it more common to see as we start to improve that side of things from, from that scale. But our goal with, with every family is that if the arm can be supportive, whether that's for doing two-handed tasks, so holding a drink and a sandwich, walking down the, the hallway, or being able to pull out a chair with two hands or hold a test paper while you're writing, then that's a really valuable thing. And if it's to build the confidence in the classroom so that the, the kids like going to school and they're able to learn about who they, they believe that they are, then it's a really powerful opportunity. And if they get to the conclusion of it and their answer is, this is no longer for me, then we think that that's a great, great outcome because 
they're absolutely capable of doing everything that they want with or without the prosthetic. We just hope the prosthetic can make it a little bit easier or change some of that narrative as they continue to grow up. And that's kind of our driving ethos behind the project. Hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. But the day that you realized, I imagine there was a lot behind it. When you realized that you're going to be doing this project with Robert Downey Jr. to present the Iron Man prosthetic arm, how does that feel for you? The day, like, I don't know, do you get an email or does someone like tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, get this? It was one of the most incredible experiences for our team. We, we weren't 100% sure it was going to happen. There was like rumblings or kind of whispers from the team at Microsoft who was putting together one of those opportunities. And then one day we got a phone call and someone was like, we're going to be connecting you with Robert. And then it was Robert talking and his enthusiasm for the project was, it was just incredible. And being able to have that quote unquote bionics expert on hand just made that, that video so amazing. Each one looks the same. Actually, I think yours might be better than mine. What do you say we, uh, we both try them on, do a progress report? Okay. You know who that is? Iron Man. <laughs> What's his name? Robert. Great. God, dude, it's even cooler than I thought. <clears throat> I'm having a technical glitch. Um, as you can see, my light isn't working. Half the time, you know, I design one of these, it winds up breaking on me. But what I do is I keep working on it, kind of like you're working on it with Albert. He keeps working and working until he gets it right. Yeah. I think yours is still a little bit more right than mine because at least, you know. The lights work. Your light works, yeah. Ah, oh, look at that, Ben. It's a marriage of robotic technologies. Bang, nailed it. Love it. Hey, good job, Albert. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate it. Albert has made it so affordable. I'm probably going to start farming out a lot of my tech work to Albert, too. I feel like he could cut the price point down on one of my suits, which right now is, I guess, about, I don't know, a billion and a half dollars. And it resonated with people because for us, that was one of our first arms that really had that level of like aesthetic detail. And we wanted people around the world to think about prosthetics differently, that you could use the technology that was in, in schools and universities and you could do something with it that could really change your community, but also that we could reimagine how prosthetics were designed to function, how they were designed to look, and the overall purpose for them, as opposed to trying to replicate the skin tones to paint it red like Iron Man and to be able to have that mechatronic look or translating that into some of the arms that we worked with for whether it's a fashion model or, or someone with a little bit more of that, the fashion aesthetic being able to pivot to that and have those types of designs now even be interchangeable, that's a really broad brush to paint with. And I think that that makes it a lot of fun to do the design work. And whether it's for our team or it's for someone watching the videos, we hope to continue to like challenge those expectations on design and be able to get people to dream of, of what the, the future can look like if we work together. Well, that video, like I said earlier, even myself before coming to UCF, I was familiar with the video and the story behind it, even before being fully aware of its connection with UCF. And do you find that young people, when they see the power of 
engineering and what it can create when all these great minds come together inspires a future generation of engineers. Like you said, the idea from Limitless came from the radio. The future generation of engineers said, I saw a great YouTube video and it just, it clicked for me. We love getting to hear from students who are applying for the program that have grown up with those videos and knew about Limitless coming into UCF. And we hope that it continues to inspire others, that a next generation of innovators to be able to continue to refine what we do if they're in, in our program or to take that level of passion and creativity into any of their fields to make the world more accessible, more inclusive, and be able to just make it a lot of fun. You said grew up. It hasn't been that long, has it? Programs are going for seven years now. So it's, Congratulations. And it's just so hard to believe. We didn't know it would go for this long and really become like a full program. It was designed originally as a one-time project, but when we saw the impact and we started to hear from other families of how important this type of work was, it was something that everyone on our team kind of looked at each other. We knew this was something we couldn't walk away from. We had to continue to run after it with everything we had. I imagine, and I guess, thank you for continuing with it because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Is there a design that just like sticks out in your head? You're like, okay, that's pretty cool. All right, let's do it. Like an aesthetic build or a sketch. We've gotten to work with several video game companies from the Halo franchise, League of Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, and Assassin's Creed. And having grown up playing some of these video games and then getting to work with some of their designers or their different teams and get to hold what would have been just a component of the game, but hold it in your hand. That is such a, a rare thing. And we've loved being able to bring those to life. And for me, I love being able to watch how the arm can change from that more mechatronic perspective, that type of design to the more organic or fashion forward type designs. And that's what we're trying to do is to create that full spectrum of expressions that the arm can communicate we were really good at building like the mechatronic ones, like the Iron Man arm and, and those type of designs. And then being able to integrate more of that fashion style, that's kind of our frontier. We're trying to bring that full circle. Wasn't well, the Cyberpunk 2077, I haven't played the game, but isn't the aesthetic like the, the cool arm that the Keanu Reeves character has? That's right. And it has this like silver metallic feel to it and very industrial, that steampunk, cyberpunk feel blended together. It was amazing getting to work with the design aspect of that and be able to bring something together that technically was really challenging to make it replicate what's in the game. But the cyberpunk arm, it was the first one that we really announced and kicked off. The program will be growing and expanding into supporting adults as we look to be able to maybe next year launch our first clinical trial with adults and specifically veterans and first responders as the, as the starting group. That's awesome. In one of our previous interviews, we spoke with UCF Restores, who works with veteran services, and they do such amazing work. So I imagine that, again, like we spoke about, all these amazing knights are doing things together, but it's all for this one greater good. I imagine there'd be some cross-referencing there. And you, you said, this is for my own curiosity, but we know we spoke about the Robert Downey Jr. experience, and you said Microsoft, when Bill Gates came to UCF, was that a similar experience of a tap on the shoulder or an email like, hey... Bill Gates is coming. He wants to check, check it out. Our, our team really didn't know that Melinda and Bill Gates were coming to the lab until shortly before they arrived. And that create, we kind of knew someone was coming and we thought it was maybe like their executive directors. And then when we were able to share that and, and have it confirmed, there was a lot of excitement. 
But we really stress with our team of treating everyone who comes in the door the same way, whether that's a parent with their four-year-old wanting to learn about robotics and STEM or Bill and Melinda. We were blown away by how engaged they were. And Melinda was able to really talk to our students and be able to hear from their perspective of that interdisciplinary side. And both her and Bill, they helped build this whole landscape of the technology we use to be able to create the things that we're creating. So it was a little intimidating in some ways. And they asked a lot of like really good, tough questions about the technology, but just an opportunity to be able to demonstrate how innovation at UCF is world-class. And as we continue to strive for excellence, that's the goal is to keep pursuing, doing it as well as we can. And if you do that, people will take interest and it'll change perspectives. And ultimately that will lead to being able to scale the program and really have the biggest impact possible. Yeah, I can imagine that's a moment that the students that work with you, they say that that's a moment that sticks with them in the long run, that they say 10 years ago, Bill and Melinda Gates came and they loved what we were doing. And I've stuck with it ever since. You can't forget that sort of thing. I think that as you run towards excellence, ideally, eventually someone will hear about it and that that helps demonstrate to someone that it's moving and it's in the right direction. But for us, it's really about being able to pursue being able to make the arm as creative and as robust as possible to maximize the opportunity for kids and those type of, whether it's the videos or the experiences, that's helping us be able to drive the program forward to the next level. And I believe that as, as part of UCF, all of us here get that opportunity to be able to leave your mark. And if we do it well and we do it together, we're going to really transform our community to where it could be, to be more inclusive and more accessible. And I think that UCF is just so well positioned to be able to have that continued growth and its impact that I'm really excited to be here and be a part of it. In such an amazing era of UCF, when UCF is growing at such a such an amazing rate, that the the future seems, I guess, to use a turn of phrase, just seems limitless. It just seems that this this great expanse of amazing students and amazing work. And to to your point there, in a in a personal aspect, as a theater student, me and my ensemble and my the people I work with, we do this, we really buckle down and do our hard work in the classroom. And every couple of weeks or so, every month or so, somebody will get cast a supporting role in a film. And you're like, oh my gosh, what we're doing here, you can see it. We're doing stuff. We're out here. This isn't just us going around in a circle. We're auditioning. We're getting roles. We're making big moves. And sometimes in the grind of it all, it can be easy to lose sight of that. I think our whole world has experienced that for the last 18 months where you're putting in the work you're going through the routine, but that consequence of the isolation and the, the distance that our world has been subjected to no kidding. can make it hard to recognize it on a daily basis of like where you're pointing. And sometimes you need those moments that kind of shake things up in order to see what that, that trajectory and that future that you're striving for, that you're on track. And for us being able to have our UCF students come back into the lab, there were 30 students in the fall semester and, and hopefully even more in spring of 22. We're starting to see those layers kind of fall away. And I'm so grateful for it because that creativity is going to really gonna take a huge jump as we start to get a little bit more comfortable and the world heals just a little bit. So I'm curious, what continues to drive the passion for the work that you do? For me, I think 
I get to communicate a lot with the families of the kids we work with. And when you hear that the arm is still working after they've taken it home and they've been at home for a while, that's the email that pushes me forward of, okay, it's, it's going. And then we do a lot of like the repair and troubleshooting side. So we're, we're learning a lot from the first clinical trial and then hopefully into the, the next clinical trial as well that we see those improvements and refinements, but we try to like troubleshoot. Well, how did this break? What was the use case for this? Like in the classroom, on the playground. And I think that that constant challenge of wanting to make it better all the time, how to, how to do it more efficiently, how to make it more creative and more aesthetic, be able to level up our tech. There's a constant pursuit of that excellence that is very rewarding and very hard. And when you find those type of opportunities, you, you have to run with them because they're hard to find where you get to see the end result and then you get to make it better and then see the new end result. Maybe that's the engineer in me talking, but just love that type of challenge. Of the things that Limitless has done and continues to do, what are you the most proud of? I remember the first time we had a group of kids all receive a bionic arm at UCF. And it was right before the Ignite Gala a few years back. And they were able to talk to each other. And the whole room, there was no stigma about limb difference. That was everyone's family there was in that mindset. And watching how the kids could become so comfortable with each other, that to me stood out as what the end result of what we're doing could really be, is being able to provide that comfort level and that change of stigma to where everyone can pursue their dreams and really run as fast as they can or as hard as they want towards them where the arm just kind of is a vehicle that unlocks some of that confidence. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of my guiding lights of where we want to take this. Are you saying something along the lines of living a life that nothing is holding you back, that with the limitless arm, nothing is hindering me. I have the confidence and the ability as anybody else does to continue working and pursuing my passions. When you see the kids discover that they had it in them all along, that's a really magical moment. That's beautiful, man. So I want to ask you, how can others support the important work that you do and your team at Limitless Solutions? How can we support you? Well, if you'd like to learn more about it on social media, you can follow us at 3D Hope or at Limitless Solutions or at Limitless 3D. Well, I hope that we've expressed that. It's not the engineers. I mean, they're the most wonderful, but it's also there's such a great diversity of people who come in and work and make Limitless the amazing group that it is. What's something that you still want to do? So the, the bionic arm was kind of the first vehicle thing that we made. And then the second project we did, we call it Project Xavier. And it is a way to control a wheelchair with your face muscles. And we did the first clinical trial at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville for ALS patients uh, because ALS can remove the ability for you to use your hands well enough to control a joystick. Mm -hmm. And we were able to have people flex their temporalis muscles or the muscles on their face, which oftentimes, whether it's like a spinal cord injury, quadriplegia or ALS, they're the most likely to still be intact and really be able to be engaged. And for some patients, it was the difference between being isolated or being able to independently drive across the room to their spouse. And it was just so moving to watch how the technology could be used that way. And it leverages kind of like the same way the arm works, but just using your face muscles and a little bit more computer science programming aspect. But that's kind of our goal is to see that project be able to really uh, engage and support a lot of patients. 
And then ideally Limitlessness is going to keep developing these new accessibility technology pieces. And we really strive to do the thing you do really well and then try to add on a little bit more. It's, it's really easy. And in, in my experience, I've done it too many times where you try to do everything all at once instead of kind of layering it. So I'm learning that that's a growth point. And if you talk to anyone on my team, they'll, they'll probably laugh when they hear that too, but I hope it's getting a little bit better. Well, Albert, I hope you've noticed that I've been at a loss for words because it's just, I'm blown away by the amazing work that you do. So I'm hitting you with the, that's so cool. That's amazing. Just because I, I'm just so you know, mentally engrossed in just the possibility and how out of this world cool it is that a university that I love and I'm so fortunate to be a part of does such amazing work. So thank you. And I'll, I'll conclude with this question. What advice would you give to somebody who does what you want to do? Do it well. And I think from our side is it's find all of those friends you have at UCF who are from different majors and hold on to them. Because if you want to solve really big challenges, you're going to need perspective that's different than your own. And absolutely, I 100% believe UCF students are changing the world and they're going to help solve all those world's biggest problems. UCF students are the best. They are just incredible. They inspire me as I hope they inspire you as well. You get to be firsthand with them. So absolutely. Wow. Well, Albert, I, I, I can't thank you enough. You left me at a, at a loss for words. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing this wonderful conversation with me. I've so enjoyed getting to hear more about Limitless and the amazing work that you do. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course, my pleasure. If you're inspired by the work that Albert and his team are doing at Limitless Solutions, consider making a donation to support their impactful work at limitless-solutions.org forward slash donate. That's L-I-M-B- I-T-L-E-S-S-Solutions.org forward slash donate. Believe it or not, this episode wraps up our first season of Nights Do That. I have had such an incredible time getting to share these amazing stories from our faculty, staff, students, and alumni with you and cannot wait to continue during season two, which will be launching in January. As always, go Knights and charge on.